your comfort and your help on behalf of the family. Just want to say thank you to you as a church for your love, for your hospitality, for your cards and gifts and your various displays of love. The family appreciates what you've done. Mac will not be forgotten. Um, will be remembered in our hearts and we can't help as we worship but to think of him, the place that he had and uh, how he set a beautiful example and testimony for us and we're thankful for that. We're going to ask you to continue to pray for the family, for each one, that God will just give grace and strength where that's needed. And uh, as a family, we just, we grieve together. It wasn't long ago that we um, celebrated Beverly's passing and grieved her leaving and have Mac here and as we think of Mac we think of Shirley as well and we just um, we we work through that together this week is a unique week it's today is not only Jackie's birthday as we celebrate her birthday but birthday coming up would have been a birthday for Beverly as well coming up this week and so we remember and uh, tears, tears and tears of joy as we reflect and work together. Today I'd like to look at a passage that's familiar with us because we looked at the same text on Friday. So turn to John chapter 13 verses 1 through 20. If you don't have your own Bible, our ushers have Bibles available. And I want to personalize this. Um, so we minister to each other. John chapter 13. So let's all stand in respect to the reading of God's word. This is the text that we'll use for our message this morning. Now before the feast of the Passover, when, the Jew, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. May God give us understanding in this text as we preach through this morning. If you would remain standing with me, have a word of prayer, and after prayer, choir will come with special music before the message today. Father, we thank you for being able to come another day into this place of worship that you've given to be used by us to come and to serve you. We recognize our need of you, Father, that we need your strength, we need your comfort, encouragement. We need you to Just be with us as we go through a difficult time. We pray for the Holt family. We pray for Jackie. We pray for Donna and Shell and Michael who are here with us here. We just pray that you would strengthen and care for them. Help us in our care for them. And we just pray for each other, Lord, that you'd help us to minister to each other in ways that are helpful and appropriate. Bless the preaching of your word today, Lord, as it goes out. You minister to your people everywhere with the ministry you've given them to each other. We pray that that will honor you as we do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And please be seated. John 13 brings up this example that Jesus set before his apostles to wash their feet. And it leaves the question, what does the washing of feet mean? Last week we talked about the Lord's Supper and a fellowship meal. And uh, this is right in there, uh, in, in near that same section when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, and some have even thought that this is something that should be instituted in the church as a regular practice. I don't think it's there for that. I think there's meaning to it, and we want to explore what that means for us today. And we, uh, we, we'll look at God's Word and how practical it is for us and how we minister to one another. So I've called this washing one another's feet. Washing one another's feet. Another title would be interactive sanctification. An important step in preparing his disciples for his death and his absence and how they should interact with one another 
when that happens, Jesus spoke to his disciples. In John chapter 13, it begins this section where Jesus shares with them um, right before he's, he's going to the cross. It tells us, it reminds us of Jesus' love for them in verse 1. Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And so we see a part of the expression of this love is what he does with them in washing their feet. Jesus loves his own till the end. That's an encouragement to us. We go through our trials, we go through issues and the experiences that we go through. We need to know, I love what the choir is saying, I'm a child of the king. I know who I am. I am who you say that I am. We need to know who we are. We know that we are loved of Jesus and there's no doubt about that and he shares that expression often with us. He loved his own to the end. He loves us to the end. And that's good to know and that's an encouragement for us. Part of the expression of that love is what he did in washing their feet. We can see that the, the, the disciples didn't understand what he was doing. And so um, Peter is the one who, who speaks out. It says in verse 6, he came to Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't understand now, but afterwards you will understand. So Jesus knew that they wouldn't clearly understand what he was doing. And so Peter says, you shall never wash my feet. I wonder why Peter wouldn't want Jesus to wash his feet. You can think of several reasons. One is he thought it would dishonor Jesus to wash his feet. He thought that Jesus, you know, Jesus was making a bold statement because in that day they traveled back and forth from place to place, dusty roads, they wore sandals, and so when they came into a place, their feet were dirty. But it was customary for a servant or a slave to, to wash the, the, the guest's feet. And Jesus himself was washing his feet, and that was, that was a bit of shock to, to Peter. He wasn't ready for that. And he said, no, that's, that's not appropriate. I'm not going to have you washing my feet. So Jesus says something that is startling and helps us understand what, is, what he is doing. He says this, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. That's the key to the whole passage. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. What did Jesus mean by that? We ask the question, what does, what does this washing of feet mean? And what does Jesus mean when he says, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me? Let's talk about the first thing. What does the washing of feet mean? Jesus explains that as he interacts with Peter. And he chose Peter out because he knew that that would give him that opportunity to let all the disciples know what was going on. So Peter says, I don't want you washing my feet. That, that's, that's, that's too much of me to ask of you. 
And Jesus makes a startling statement. Hey, if I don't do that, you don't have a part with me. Now, that got Peter's attention right away because he certainly wanted to have a part with Jesus. And for Jesus to say, you have no part with me is that you are disconnected from me. You're no longer connected with me if I don't wash your feet. And, and so Peter says in response to that, well, in that case, Lord, wash all of me. I got no problem. I definitely want to be a part of you. Wash every part of me. Jesus responds to that in a shocking way. He says, no, Peter. When you bathe, you're clean, and there's no need to wash all of you, just your feet. Jesus makes the point. What is this washing? This washing, there's two aspects to the washing, and he makes it clear how, how he separates. There's the bathing, and that pictures our salvation. That when we come to the Lord, God washes us. In Titus 3, 5, it says that we're washed by the, the washing of the word, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. I want to read that. It's, it is important. Titus 3, 5. It says... He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. He's clearly talking about salvation. God saved us. How, how did he do that? By the washing of regeneration. Washing is a cleansing, isn't it? And that... Regeneration means giving new life. God gave us new life so that we might be cleansed from our sin. So he's talking about that. To be saved means to be forgiven of our sin and to be made right with God. In order to be made right, that sin issue had to be dealt with, and God washes or cleanses us from sin. So Jesus is saying, to be a part of me, salvation or cleansing is essential. Point one, cleansing salvation is essential. You must be washed from your sin to be a part of God, to be connected with God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus provides that washing through his blood. So Jesus says, hey, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. What kind of washing do we need? We need the washing of salvation. We need the washing also of sanctification. What is sanctification? It is the daily, regular cleansing that God does for us so that we are continue to have fellowship with him. So Peter says, wash all of me. And Jesus says, no, that's not necessary because you've been cleaned already. You've been washed. In other words, you've been regenerated. You've been given life, and you are clean. Now, he does make an exception. Go back to our text. Verse 10. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is, is completely clean, and you are clean. Then he makes this exception. But not every one of you. But not every one of you. He explains that exception in the next phrase, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. 
So he makes the point that Judas, who would betray him, was not clean. He had never been washed. He was not saved. Jesus says, in order to be a part with me, you have to be clean. You have to be cleansed. And Judas was not cleansed. He was not clean. He was not born again. He had not been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. His sins were not paid for. They were not covered. When he died, he would be in hell. He would suffer judgment for his sin. Jesus' blood did not avail for Judas. Not all of you are clean. Jesus makes that clear. But there's a second part, and we've talked about it. He says, now, Peter, for you... You are clean. Isn't that a comfort? He says to Peter, you are clean. You are clean. But not every one of you. He says to Peter, you are clean. But not all of you here are clean. And he he had in mind Judas. Jesus knew Judas' heart. He knew that he wasn't right. He knew that he wasn't clean. He knew Peter's heart. And he knew that he had been born again, that God had done a work in his heart and that he was clean. Peter needed something else, though. With the cleansing of salvation, he needed the daily cleansing. So he says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. When he comes to Peter, if I do not wash you, even though Peter is clean, I want you to get this now. Even though Peter is saved, he's clean. He says, if I do not wash you, Peter, you have no share with me. That's a huge statement because there are people today who want to say that they need no cleansing. And Jesus says, If you claim to be saved and I do not wash you regularly, you have no part with me. Jesus says this, I ain't going to have no stinky feet. (laughs) Won't be no stinky feet. If I can't clean you, you're not a part of me. What is he talking about there? He's clearly not talking about salvation because he says that Peter has bathed. He's already clean. He says this is essential. Remember we said salvation is essential. If Jesus doesn't cleanse us from our sin, we have no part of him. But he's also saying sanctification, the daily cleansing, is absolutely essential. And if, if believers aren't a part of that, they're not really true believers. What he's saying is there is a part of our regular cleansing that has to happen and happens for every believer. I want to tell you something else that amazes me about this passage. Jesus does this, and then he says to his disciples, do you understand what I did? Verse 12. Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I don't think Jesus meant that every time they came together, they were to get a bucket of water and a towel and wash each other's feet. I think he meant something that's much more important 
than that. So what does this washing of feet mean? And let's understand the scope of it. Jesus says, not only did I do this to you, I did this so that you would do this to and for one another. He says, it is essential for you to be a part of me, for me to wash your feet. And I've set the example for you to wash each other's feet. What then is essential about this? What does this feet washing mean? Jesus' example means this. We believers are to interact in a regular and intimate way in each other's cleansing. Regular, because Jesus says if you, if you bathe, you have no need to bathe again, just your feet. He's saying there is a constant need for the washing of feet. And he says, it's an, I say it's an intimate cleansing because, you know, you don't just want to take your shoes off and your socks around everybody. Because it's kind of personal. <laughs> I know some people don't think their feet stink. That's because you ain't close enough to them. <laughs> I guarantee you after a busy day, after a full day, yes, there's a need for washing feet. And it's intimate. It's personal. And Jesus says he wants us to get intimate and personal with each other. Remember why Peter said, hey, I don't want you washing my feet, right? Because he, he thought that Jesus would be above that. And he didn't, want to, he, he didn't want to expose his feet to Jesus. But then after he found out how important it was, he said, by all means, Jesus, you interact with me in whatever way that you need to. Jesus says, I'm doing this as an example for you. I want you to interact with one another in a way that provides a cleansing for each of you. He says, I'm going. I didn't do, do this just to do it once and that's over. I did it so that you would do it on a regular basis and realize that this cleansing that you do is essential. Jesus said to Peter, if I do not wash your feet, you're not part of me. He means then for his disciples, for his followers, to be a part of an intimate gathering that provided for a, a, a building up of each other, which is called a washing of feet, a cleansing of each other. Remember he said to Peter, what I do now, you don't understand. You won't understand, but you will understand afterwards. After what? After I'm gone. After I've paid the sacrifice for your sin, and after I've taught you, and after I've ascended up into heaven, and I'm no longer here, you will understand the need for you as a people of God to come together regularly and in an intimate way to minister to one another. Now, it's hard to, to do church today because people have different ideas of what it means to be a part of church. 
we have large churches and we have churches of, of people of status and we have, pe you know, people want to go to the church almost like a, a club to, to show where they belong. But God didn't intend it to be that way. He meant it to be a group of people who have been, who have had their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus, who come, to, come together to serve each other and to follow the example of Jesus, to honor him. And in doing so, he says, hey, y'all, y'all got to wash each other's feet. You're going to have to minister to each other in ways that cleanse and build each other up. It is essential. It's a couple of verses that help us see the role that we have. If you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 5, it says there, Who then is Apollos? Who is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Paul is dealing with some strife in the church in, in, in Corinth there. And he says, wait a minute. Some of y'all lifting up Apollos and some of y'all lifting up me. And you want to honor one or the other. But he's, he makes the point, who, who is Apollos and who, who am I? He, and then he explains what they are. He says, we are servants through whom you believed. That's important. He's saying, God, how do we minister salvation to each other? Paul says, I've served you so that you will come to know Christ. I've served you to come to faith. So he later on says that some plant and some water, but God gives the increase, and the one who planted water are nothing. And but we are not to minimize that as if to think that they do nothing. That we are important to each other. We bring each other. God uses us as tools to bring each other to faith. God uses us as tools to strengthen each other. Paul is emphasizing here that they have overemphasized the importance of the servant and not realize that they're merely servants that God is working through. I'm using this to show that that we ought not underemphasize the impact that we have in each other's lives. Some do plant and some do water. We recognize this is God who gives the increase, but he's using human beings to speak the gospel to each other so that they come to Christ and so that each one grows in Christ. So God will use you to plant the seed of the gospel in other people who will come to know Christ's life. He, he will use you as that instrument. He will also use you to wash their feet and for them to wash their feet. He uses you to interact with them to cleanse and prepare them for service, for serving the Lord. God does that through his people. 
Jesus says, Peter, I want you each to wash each other's feet. There's coming a time I'm leaving the scene and I will not be here in body. And you need to take that task of ministering to each other in my absence. Wash each other's feet. What does that mean? What does that mean? In Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, the servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. Paul says this, God called me to my position, what? What for? To wash feet. So that those individuals would hear the gospel from me and come to faith in Christ. And those same individuals will grow, will be sanctified to wash feet. Read it again. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. In other words, I want them to come to Christ. I want them to grow in the truth so that godliness will be a part of their lives. I want to wash their feet so they'll be clean. They'll become more and more like Christ. Who does God give that job to? In this case, he gave it to Paul, and Paul took it on. In Jesus, Jesus told his disciples to do that with each other. What happens after the disciples leave, after Paul is left? Who does that? Who carries on that job? Put a marker in Titus. We'll come back to Titus chapter 1. But now go to Ephesians chapter 4 with me and see the role that God has given and the individuals he's given this role to. Ephesians 4 verse 11 and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Can I interject there? To wash their feet. To minister to them. Read it again, verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He gave them to interact with God's people so that they mature. That's what washing the feet means. So he gave it to specific individuals in the church so that it would be done, but so that it will continue to be done. 
Verse 14, so we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Now here's the part. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. He says, yes, it's these elect, these special individuals, the, the prophets, the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, but they're doing it so that the body will function properly and they will begin to do it with each other. The point there is we are to wash one another's feet. Now we can say, I don't know how to do that. Learn. Learn. Learn from each other. Learn from the Word of God and practice. Now, I'm not that good at that. Practice. Practice. Practice and, and begin to do. So it says we each have a part to do. I like that in, 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 in uh, verse 16. From whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. So God has put us together so that we would learn to work properly. Everybody has a part in this. And so we have to, to learn what our part is and be willing to do that part effectively. But that part is to wash each other's feet. Now, what did we say washing the feet was? We said it is interacting with each other in regular Regular, and we, we said, what was the word? Intimate ways. That's why we talked um, a couple Sundays ago about us having regular fellowship meals. Is we want to interact regularly and in intimate ways so that we can be that to each other, to wash one another's feet. Now, we can't just come on Sunday and do that. We need to be doing that throughout the week. I want you to think about who am I interacting with my fellow believers on a regular basis and in that interaction how am I washing or being washed? I think you can do both. How is that going on? How is that to happen? How am I doing that in, in personal and intimate ways? See, if I just come to church and don't tell anybody my business, I'm not going to be very intimate. And they're not going to be very intimate with me. If I don't get in a conversation, if I don't let people know what I'm about, if I don't open myself to others, it's impossible for us to interact in those ways. And so we, we need to open up. We need to interact. And so... Um, I don't have a special formula for having that happen, but as we interact in real ways, that opens up when we begin to do that. And so church is more than just coming on Sunday. It's more than just coming on Wednesday. But we need to interact with each other. And so there are some avenues and some means in church ministry for us to do that. We can take advantage of those, and we need to use those. But we need... We need to use those with the mind, that mindset that we are going to open ourselves to each other. 
that we're going to interact with each other. And that interaction is, is, isn't easy. It's, it's not always neat and, and nice. You know, when you have people come over your house afterwards, you got to clean up, don't you? There, there's things to do. It's not always a, 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 a joy. Every part of it is not always a joy to do, but it needs to be done. Jesus took the towel, he took the basin, he wrapped the towel around himself, and he washed his disciples' feet, every one of them, to show the point that cleansing was essential, both the salvation and the sanctification. The, the, the cleansing that we got when Jesus, when we trusted in Christ and our sins were forgiven, and the cleansing that we get as we read his word, interact with God's people, and on a daily basis, Ask the question, is my life matching Christ? Is there something that he wants me to, to seek forgiveness from him from or to seek forgiveness from others? Am I ministering and interacting with others in my life in, in, in a right way, at a right level? And all of us can say that there's levels of interaction that we need to be involved in, need to be involved in more and need to, 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 to see that they are rich with intimacy, intimacy so that they're real interactions. And so Jesus said to his disciples, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will later. And I want you to follow this example. So I don't think he's saying, I want you to get out buckets of water and buy towels and soap and manicure sets and do all those things. He, he's not emphasizing the literal washing. What he's emphasizing is the care, the concern, the interaction into each other's lives that we are to have as part of him. And he says, if you don't do that, you aren't connected with me. If I'm not washing your feet, then you have no connection with me. And since he's left the scene, he says, that is now to be done by each of you. And if you're not doing that, you're not connected to me. He says it's essential. It's not an option. Do you want to do this? And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, invade you, your, 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 your privacy and your rights to do as you choose. No, he says, it's not an option. He says, Peter, you'll understand this more. And you understand it's absolutely necessary for my people to function together, to wash one another's feet. You can think of that in a formal way. Of, uh, am I discipling someone right now? But don't stop there. You can think of it in informal ways. Am I connecting myself? Am I sharing with others? Do others know what I'm going through? You know, they're not going to know unless you tell them. And if you won't tell them, it's because you won't connect yourself with them. You're like Peter saying, no, no I'm not going to burden you, Lord, with my feet. But Jesus says, if you're not doing that, you're not connected to me. And so we have no option. We are to open up. We are to share. I love what um, Heidi has done in, in our prayer 
list and our, our email. And you should be sure that you have, um, that she has your email address and that you, you get that. You should get that. And you should know what some of the common needs. Now, we can't put everything on there, and I know she's burdened with that right now, but she does it because she wants to see the washing of feet. Um, but you should make sure you're connected in that way at least, and you should look at that. You should ask yourself too, is, am I connecting with people? Is it possible that, you know, I could be going through some things and nobody knows? If that's the case, something's wrong, isn't it? starts with you. Are you connecting yourself? Can you lose your job? Can you go without receiving a paycheck and nobody in the church knows? Can you be sick? Can you have an issue that's going on and you visited a doctor for months but nobody in the church knows? Can you have a genuine need can you have a loss in your family, uh, something goes on that, that affects you, but nobody in the church knows? Bear the responsibility that you need to be connecting. Now, it's not saying that we can connect with everybody at the same level. That's not what it's there for. We don't operate that way. But you need to be connecting more and more. And those things need to be shared and they need to be open so that God's people can be ministered to and minister to each other. You're not calling me to tell me every need. God didn't say as a shepherd, I care for all the needs. He says, teach them to care for each other. Are we doing that? I'm happy to say we are doing it. I'm happy to encourage that we must do it and we must continue to do it. And we have opportunity to do that. So Jesus didn't rebuke them. What he did was he set an example before them. And he himself, at this time, when he is hours away from paying for their sin on the cross himself, he says, guys... I want you to know something. I'm going to love you to the end. I'm not going to be here always, but here's what I want you to learn, and here's what I want you to practice. I want you to wash one another's feet. We're essential in each other's salvation. As God uses us as a messenger to give out the gospel so that others might hear and know, God calls God tugs on the heart. God moves in the heart. God creates life where there was no life. But he uses the message that comes from our lips and our lives. He does the same thing in our sanctification, our daily cleansing. It's not just a policeman saying, hey, did you read your Bible today? What did you read? It's more of an intimate friend saying, I need help. Can you pray for me? And what can I pray for you on? I need to tell you about my sister. I need to tell you about my job. I need to tell you about what the doctor said to me. Because it's a concern and I want you to pray for me. I need to tell you about my grandson who I'm proud of. I need to tell you about this or that. 
that's, that's going on in my life that I'm happy about, that I'm excited about. But I need to share and open my life with you, and I want you to share and open your life with me. Jesus says to Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. It's essential that Peter be washed. He was already clean. Jesus says, you just need the feet washed. But I must do that, and if I don't do that, you have no part with me. Peter was glad to have a part with Jesus. <laughs> By all means, Jesus, wash. By all means, Jesus, wash. Father, we thank you for your word today in the hearts of your people. As we go through our hurts, we go through our loss, Lord, we have people who have had cancer, have been cured of cancer, some who are struggling with loved ones who do have cancer right now. We have death in our family that's just occurred. We have those who are holding on to life, and we don't know how long that they have. We have little children who we burden to hear your word and to see you bringing them to life. We have ministry that we do that is so critical and so important. We have our loved ones that we are trying to minister to. We have so many needs and so many concerns, Lord. And you set us together to minister to each other. So we thank you for that word. And Lord, you are sufficient. We don't need a church of 500 to be able to meet the needs. You said meet, you will meet them with us right here, right now. We trust you to do that. We want to minister to, other, to others, to each other in meaningful ways. So Lord, as we open ourselves and as we reach out to others, I recognize that some are going to be hesitant or reluctant, but we'll keep on because we love them. And this is what you commanded us to do, not only to wash feet, but to have our feet washed. So thank you for your word, Lord. We say amen. We, we listen to what you say. We will do as you command. And we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for those who you have given in our lives. Knowing, Lord, that you work through your people for salvation, for sanctification. Use us now in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.